Welcome to the Mark McSee Supersonic Food Marketing Podcast, brought to you by BDO, the trusted accountancy and advisory firm. BDO really are the go-to team to help your hospitality business succeed, providing expert support and advice across all your corporate finance, due diligence, tax and accounting needs. BDO have been a champion of our industry for many years and are really proud to support many of the best brands in hospitality. If you want to make sure your business is in the safest of hands financially, BDO would love to take you for a coffee to understand your business vision so that they can help you get there. Get in touch today at bdo.co.uk to chat about how BDO can help take your hospitality business to the top and please say that I sent you. Supersonic. 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 From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. The rocket fuel podcast for food, drink, and hospitality businesses everywhere. Listen up. Tell all your friends and share with your colleagues. Every single episode is packed full of tips, tricks and advice on how you can make your brand boom. So today I've been so excited. I've got three major podcasts in a row and I really think they're going to bring you some great ideas and some value to really help your brand boom. So first day in London after the New Year break yesterday. So a day kicking about Soho House, meeting some new and interesting people who may become clients. And this morning was so great. Woke up in Poland Street in a room not on the street and toddled down to the new home of the podcast which is Soho Radio Studios, so really worth checking out if you're looking to record anything for your brand as well. So nipped into Leon, so thanks to John and Henry for opening a Leon at the end of the street, that was lovely. Got myself sorted, learned the questions and got on with it. So the next guest today is actually an old friend and I'm so glad that he gave up the time to come in and talk to me today. So it's Kevin Hydes. And Kevin is the Chief Commercial Officer for Tim Hortons, which is the home of amazing coffee and baked goods. And we talk a lot about Tim Hortons, so you'll get to know an awful lot more about it. We also cover how interesting a task it is moving to a new job when you've been somewhere else for years. So Kevin did a lot of great stuff, including the amazing cups and 7 out of 10 people prefer Costa at his time at Costa Coffee. I hope you enjoy the chat. I really enjoyed catching up with him. It could have been two hours, but I think it's just a little over an hour. So enjoy it, and I'll catch you after the episode. So it gives me the most Canadian coffee and croissant pleasure ever to introduce my next guest, who is an old friend, actually, which is really good. And it is the super famous, super amazing Mr. Kevin Hyde. Hello. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm very good. good. I'm very good. We're in a swanky new studio, which I'm so excited about. Yeah, it's pretty smart. It's very nice. You've gone up in the world, Mark. <sighs> kind of. <laughs> we might be uh, paying this on a credit card. Um, but yeah, oh, lovely stuff. And uh, Soho Radio, you know, you walk past, you do the rubberneck thing when you see them broadcast and you think, oh, it's cool in there. And, um, you know, Pete Pafidis and all these wonderful people broadcast from here. So, yeah, feeling very lucky to be here today. So, yeah, all good. All good. Um, so what are you doing now? That how? What's the term? Is it chief commercial officer? That's correct. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the role. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of looking after, um, uh, I guess, kind of the brand development mm-hmm. of Tim Hortons in the UK and Ireland, uh, and um, and all of the kind of commercial aspects of that role. So whether yep. or not that's supply chain inbound, uh, whether that's procurement, um, and um, I'm really making sure that kind of the products that customers are, are enjoying in our restaurants are kind of a kind of end-to-end delivery is is yeah. fantastic, and I sort of undersold you there in, in the in the sort of uh, introduction. But thinking about Tim Hortons, though, my mind was sort of blown when you were explaining it to me when you were you were going to start moving there. I didn't know loads about it 
But when I spoke to a lot of Scottish friends who had Canadian links or been to Canada, they knew an awful lot about it and raved about it, like cult status. Yeah, I mean, like Tim Hortons is kind of, you know, in the kind of top 10, maybe even kind of the top five QSR brand uh, across the global, across the world. So, I mean, um, uh, broadly, it's got an enormous base in its domestic market in Canada. So, you know, over 4,000 restaurants. So it's pretty much on every street corner. Uh, in every major city uh, and on every major roadside location through um, where drive-through is kind of very prevalent. So yeah. uh, it is um, more than a household name. It's kind of a cultural icon. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, there's kind of some crazy stats about kind of how people use it. It's kind of greater levels of penetration of that brand. Tattoos. Uh, yeah, tattoos, <laughs> you know, um, you know, double-double tattoos, Timbit tam- uh, tattoos, um, you know, all sorts of stuff. And, and it's absolutely adored by kind of the Canadian marketplace. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, it's interesting when you come to, you know, bringing the brand to the UK, it's kind mm. of, you know, the awareness level is kind of, they're very, they kind of dip to very, very low to non-existent to mm. very, very high because actually people have had experience of the brand yeah. either in Canada or perhaps in other markets yeah. around the world. And what made it that household name? What, what do you think the kind of magic sprinkles are or the magic dust? What, how did it do that? Yeah, well, I think the, 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 the sort of backstory is a family run business so mm-hmm. you know um you know we're called tim hortons we're named after the founder right so um is know, he still with us unfortunately not oh no no um so um you know he passed away unfortunately um some years ago yeah um but um started it when though I mean, uh, 1964 okay. um so um yeah it's celebrating well it's 55 years last year yeah um so it's been around a while um, and, um, you know, it, it really kind of, uh, you know, developed off the back of a kind of vision of, um, of Tim and, and then eventually with his business partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, it's a guy called Ron Joyce. And, and essentially what they did was they really wanted to kind of bring kind of coffee and baked goods to kind of local communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of one restaurant, uh, opened in a place called Hamilton, uh, in Ontario. It's about an hour and a half outside of Toronto. Okay. Um, pretty gritty. Uh, yeah, location, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, not kind of particularly uh, glamorous, um, very high levels of industry, um, mm-hmm. uh, working class uh, consumers. Um, and, um, you know, and it kind of went down a bit of a storm, really. It was kind right. of, you know, it was a great product, great coffee. Yeah. Um, you know, they were making donuts on the side and it was, you know, it was just kind of just snowboard a bit and kind yeah. of one restaurant became two, became three, became four. Wow. And then all of a sudden they started to franchise the brand. Right. And, um, uh, they felt they were kind of onto a really great thing, and in fact, they absolutely were. So um, yeah, yeah. the business kind of snowballed across Canada, um, and uh, I guess kind of what makes it great is I think, I think we just have some fantastic products, and uh, you know, and, and that and that really is something that the kind of brand has kind of you know maintained over the the, the kind of course of the last fifty five years, right? Yeah. Well, that was something I was going to ask was just about the products and what's making it so you know so sort of craveable. So. You mentioned working class audience as well. Do you think it's still holding firm with the kind of value yeah. end of the market as yeah, well? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I think it's interesting now. I mean, like, you know, Tim Hortons has kind of developed across in Canada to be kind of a brand for everybody. Yeah. So it, is, it, it has no level of um, exclusivity. It, it, you know, it, it, the kind of the fundamental values of the brand are to be kind of to be warm and to, gener- to be generous and to be welcoming and yeah. to be very community focused. Mm-hmm. And that kind of works to kind of various levels of degree, depending on the location that it, that it sits yeah. in. So, you know, sometimes when you're sat in a, you know, the basement of a train station, you know, it's, it's kind of, well, how do you be community focused in that location? Yeah, yeah. But you, you can still be generous and you, know, you can really still deliver kind of the great value for money that the consumer's looking for. So people, whether or not you're, you work in industry, whether or not you're, you know, working the forces, the services, yeah. whether or not you work in business, Tim Hortons is a place where people go and they gather and they're very happy to be there together. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's quite a bright and vibrant, sort of environment you know with the strong reds and the whites and and all that but also you know what I was blown away by was the staff you know just how excited they were and how you know sort of energetic and sort of forward they were and I think you've been doing a great job especially when you're opening on social media you know sort of showing how excited people are there are cues for opening as well which is you know quite amazing well yeah I mean in my experience I've been sort of working kind of hospitality brands for 20 years now mm. um, which is kind of quite scary yes I say that. Um, is so, that I don't look at line I need yeah, to check in there yeah uh, <laughs> so um, uh, it, it's interesting I think the demand and the excitement levels for this brand are kind of way ahead mm-hmm. of what I had initially anticipated when yeah. I joined 
um, which to a certain extent kind of makes the job more exciting and yeah. also it makes it easier in some respect because you know if you've got a new brand that people are necessarily some people have heard of then yeah. it kind of it's kind of that member get member thing people yeah, yeah. if you know tim hortons people advocate about it and and that really helps when you're trying to launch a new business in a new yeah. location and um on the other hand they also have very high expectations right so yeah. they drag back from their memories of you know uh, i was on holiday with my aunt and she lived in toronto and yeah. we used to go to tim hortons every morning and we used to get a french vanilla and a you know a sour yeah. cream glaze and um and and all of a sudden you know, kind of i went that was seven years ago and now yeah. We've opened up in Cumbernauld, and that's my local restaurant. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, and I still remember all of those things. And my expectation is it's going to be as good as that. Can you still get a French vanilla? Absolutely. I'm a sucker for a French vanilla. It's one of our um, most, we, we love it. We yeah. Love it. I mean, you know, and customer demand for it yeah. is very high. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's an amazing beverage. Because just if I'm out the odd time working in the States for a while, I was with Bartley Card, and I was there quite a bit with them. And just like every single morning, it's just a shot in the arm. You know, just like, oh, yes, come on, I'm ready for the day, let's go. Yeah, I mean, it, I it, loved it. I mean, it definitely. You don't want to overdo it, though. No, I mean, it packs a bit of a punch. Yeah, but it, yeah, it yeah. kind of, uh, you know, it, it kind of works really well. I mean, whether or not it's French vanilla, double double, which kind of probably most UK consumers never would have heard so of. So, what is it? So, it's, um, we're famed for a brewed coffee. Uh -huh. um, so, so um, like drips. Sort of yeah, exactly. So, yeah. fresh filter. Um, so, um, we, we brew for, continuously throughout the course of the day. Um, and um, uh, a double double uh, is a uh, fresh brew coffee, uh, original blend mm -hmm. or dark roast, depending on what your preference is. Um, and then that's served with two creams, two sugars. Um, and right. um, so yeah, so there's kind of this there's kind of this inside language of Tim right. Hortons that um, that kind of if you don't understand it, kind of like, oh, what the hell yeah, is a yeah. double double? Um, but it sounds almost like kind of like sneaker world yeah. language and you know yeah. street language in a lot of ways. That's quite a good thing to just be able to go in and go. Yeah, that's my drink. It kind of helps. I think it, it also helps. I think it's Justin Bieber's favorite coffee. Is it? So you know, it, it's um, you know it. You know, so in the kind of and that's what I mean about the transcendent of the the, the the brand kind of transcends yeah. all generations and um you know and all different kind of types of mm. kind of background. So it's interesting, you know, we kind of yeah, I think you know, I think Bieber kind of tweeted recently about you know he's not very happy with our new takeaway cup lids. Oh. And you know, and that kind of causes you know a stir and a you know in the marketplace and yeah. but he loves it. And, Do your deal mate stop flying around the world? Yeah. And uh, we'll sort out our lids. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We'll ransom. Yeah, we, we, we always do our best, Justin. <laughs> so, so thinking about, um, you know, the job, right? So obviously, you know, we've been friends for a while and we knew you were going here, which is exciting. So you're going for the job. Where do you start? You yeah. know, when you go into a brand new job, what happens? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, uh, I think I think what's interesting is it was a brand new job, and I'd also been in my previous company for a very long time. Mm. So there was kind of a uh, my career. I've not jumped around an awful lot. I've like kind me. of yeah. I've kind of I've spent <laughs> uh, I've spent. Not that there's a problem with that. You no, know, you're, you're just you've done very, okay, Mark. You're very you've employable. Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> um, but it was kind of it's kind of a, it was quite a wrench for me. I think kind of yeah. you know initially thinking, well, okay, well, I'm going to go. It was the right time for me to go. Right yeah. time for me to move on. Um, but also kind of like you, you the famili familiarity of you know the life that I'd kind of created in yeah. the work life you know you know it, all of a sudden that kind of changes and mm. you know what becomes your new normal it takes a while to adapt yeah um, but I, I, I think you know what I was start with I guess you know what I particularly did in this job was kind of really kind of entrench myself in understanding you know the business understand the brand understand the people that you work with mm -hmm. uh, understand motivation um yeah. and 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 you really kind of try and find a way to kind of synchronize into that yeah. and it takes a while sometimes it's you know it's not as easy as saying it but yeah. um you just have to really sort of focus on kind of making it right and i i've always believed that you know you, you kind of start with the customer and you kind of end with the customer and you know and everybody else that's kind of part of that process is, is there to kind of serve them and yeah. um so yeah it, it, if you keep focused on that then um you know you settle in and uh, you find your groove well I, th I think one of the interesting things though being in this industry is franchise ease whoever your boss is was it which one is if it well it depends franchise. right so if you're if you've got the master franchise you're a franchisee right there right. we go okay so um uh, so the owner of the brand is the franchiser right yeah so oh, I was to mix up. Yeah. so thinking about that Sometimes these guys and girls don't have a lot of patience for the process, you know? 
So I find that a lot with clients that I go and see as well. And it's like, they want the silver bullet now. So how did you sort of hold firm with your beliefs and principles in marketing? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, I'm fortunate. So, you know, the business I work with, they have a very firm view of, you know, where they want to get to, what they want to achieve. But um, but they're experienced and they understand that there's a kind of process. And, and I think that was almost part of the, I guess that's almost part of the interview process, two ways, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah. You, know, I, you know, it was very important for me moving that I was going to be working somewhere where actually people hold similar beliefs to me. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, absolutely, you know, of course, of course people want to take a pound and turn it into 10 pounds, right? Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. we all want to do that. Um, but, um, you know, or 20 or 50 or you know, whatever, <laughs> right? Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know the the industry is is tough and it's grueling mm. and um you know and it's challenging and there's lots of things lots of headwinds yeah. and um but i think you've got to stick to a firm course and you have to really work and you know work together as a team to get there yeah and then what about the team so agencies internal team you know yeah. what sort of size is that looking like yeah now? i mean we we're, we're pretty humble i mean yeah. like you know it's uh, you know we 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 may there may be an enormous brand in canada but it's very small here yeah. and um so we're up you to you seem to always get that gig yeah <laughs> I, I, <laughs> quite, I quite let's like, do the startup thing I again quite, i quite like it i <laughs> yeah, quite like yeah. it so um i mean i, I think i kind of like i like getting and it's not my hands dirty but i like yeah. being involved in everything right yeah. and so um you know and that that makes me feel comfortable uh, it yeah. makes me feel like i'm uh, uh, there's a level of control um but also um you know i can make sure that i kind of put my stamp on things mm. and, um so so it seems pretty humble um not many of us um did a lot of stuff internally yeah um we work with some very bright and smart people um and um uh you know and we try to make sure that actually we're kind of we're kind of trying to kind of bring in expertise mm. from the outside world um, but quite frankly, you know, we, we kind of we're pretty tiny, you know. So yeah. you can't afford big agencies. You can't yeah. afford to work with, you know. We can't be paying overheads for, you yeah. know, for, for nice offices and biscuits and nice podcast water. studios. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, but you know, the business will grow. Yeah. And um, you know, and and it will develop, and um, you know, and I'm sure we'll implant lots of other resources and skills as mm-hmm. we go along. But you have to be mindful that you know, it's you know, it's a big investment. Yeah. You know, bringing a major brand into the UK, you know, it's it's not cheap, and, mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, we have to be mindful of that. Um, and I think you kind of, you know, if you think about it, and this is, I think this is also the way, you know, if you work in um, a franchise environment, to think about it, it's it's somebody's money, right? It's, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, and I think sometimes, um, you know, people in the industry often kind of get a little bit lost in that or forget it. Yeah. And, and, you know, if it, if it, if it was your money, mm. you know, what are you going to do? What would you do? Right. And, yeah. you know, and how, and how would you use it? Mm. And, um, you know, and it means that, you know, you can be creative in a way. In, and and that, that's an interesting thing as well. You have to yeah, think yeah. a little bit outside the box because actually how do you draw attention to your brand when yeah. you don't have the kind of big budgets that, you know, the major businesses have across the, uh, you know, yeah. across the market. Well, I think, I think it's easy to do Brewster's millions and just give it all away. Right. Yeah. And I think when I was at lastminute.com, I think, the market budget was something like 23 million. I can't remember. Something crazy. And um, Bartley Card was obviously very high as well. And then you go to your sushi and it's, you know, one or 2% of turnover and you're just like, oh, okay. Uh, but I think Robin, when I was at you, like, you know, some of the business you've been working in, it's great for someone to make it really clear it's their money yeah. or, or it has a big effect on them. And I think that makes you sharper and more careful and, you know, you really before you put that on the roulette table, you know, you've really thought about it, you know, before you do it. In terms of marketing campaigns and all the rest of it, how does that work? Does Canada influence a lot of that? Do you just have the the look and then you kind of do it your way? Really good question. So there's a couple of things, really. I mean, I think we we look at Canada, we look at other marketplaces Mm. as well. So, I mean, Tim Hortons is now prevalent or pretty prevalent in the middle east actually so they, oh, they yeah. do a you know they've got a, i think about 130 restaurants in the uae and uh i think they're in uh kingdom of saudi arabia and so they're growing their business there and uh they've also opened up in mexico and the philippines and i think they're about to, they're just about to open in thailand of all places which Jeez. is pretty exciting and they're open in china so the brand is growing and and, and developing very fast so you know, we we can take the benefits of that as well. So you know, mm. we 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 look, kind of look at what's going on in other markets because there's talent in every single market mm. um, that are all trying their best to try and build a business, build a brand, mm-hmm. and, you know, very similar stage of development to, to where we are. So we kind of look to 
look to that and yeah. we kind of think, well, actually, how does that, how could that influence what we're doing? Yeah. Uh, you know, there is no, there is no silver bullet. Um, no. You know, um, I believe in the kind of half percenters. So it's a little bit like the, you know, the um, the kind of cycling guy that Dave Brails for Sedale Brails. Yeah. Brails, and he talked about the marginal gains. Right. I think I think business retail businesses are exactly the same. I, I don't. I think there's very rarely a silver bullet that's gonna you know that's gonna kind of take your business from you know zero to a hundred miles an hour and you know and deliver a return. It's, yeah. But so, wouldn't it be great? Though? Wouldn't it be great? We'd all be doing it, right? We'd all be <laughs> yeah. doing it. But so it's about for me. It's always about the kind of half percenters, the quarter percenters, yeah. and 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 so how do you kind of build your business? How do you build your menu? How do you construct your marketing effort? Um, what can you do that kind of delivers you that extra yeah. half a percent? And, it, and and can you find three or four of them? And how does that then build? And, mm. um, and, and, and that's this year, but what about next year? And what about the year after? Yeah. So we take influence from there. We also take influence from Canada as well. And, mm. you know, it's, um, they're obviously a different stage of development. They're the market leader. They're, yeah. you know, an enormous presence. Who would you compare them to maybe uh, here? Well, in, in, in the UK, probably Costa in, yeah. in a way. I mean, you know, like, um, you know, if you talk, talk about the sort of penetration of the brand and mm. the, the amount of available um, uh, touch points that you can get across yeah. coffee, I, I think it's a very similar in that nature yeah. in terms of presence. Um, but the food offer, is yes, very far, different. completely, yeah, di- yeah. completely different. I mean, you know, I mean that's one of the interesting things about Tim's. It's kind of it, it kind of bridges that coffee shop environment and yeah. QSR. Yeah. So you know, a lot of customers they'll, they'll kind of walk in and they'll go, "Well, it's kind of a little bit like McDonald's, yeah. a bit like a Starbucks or a Costa, but it." It's kind of unique and it's yeah, got its yeah. own thing going on. And um, they're almost a KFC style element or sandwiches. And yeah, I mean, yeah, and- I mean, chicken's a big, big part of our menu. Yeah, yeah for sure. And um, you know, so you know, we you know because we're we're freshly preparing um, every single product on site to order. So you know, that's a big difference. Yeah. And um, you know, and 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 kind of it does kind of sit quite uniquely. Yet we've still got this kind of we have got a sort of historical presence and good credentials in coffee. Yeah. So it we kind of got it both. Yeah. And 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 that's great. And but it's also a challenge. It's also a challenge to kind of you know how do you communicate that? How do you engage yeah. with that? Um, and um, you know for customers, how do we get them across the threshold? Because yeah. also something like, what's Tim, you know, Tim what Hunt? What's Tim Hunt? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, uh, so yeah, it's yeah, it's a challenge, but you know it's something that we're getting better and better at. And then you're opening in some interesting places, yep. right? Um, so, air you've got, yeah, which is near where I grew up. Yeah, we fact, have. I was surprised. I was we just have like, a roadside wow. location in there. Yeah, I mean we've um, uh, we have about I think we have eleven restaurants in Scotland now. Wow, how so many total? Twenty five. Is it Jesus? Yeah. Okay. So. Um, yeah, and we started up in Scotland, and uh, that was kind of Where one of the. Where was the fuck? Was it Falkirk or something? Uh, no, it was Glasgow. It was. Um, oh, it was Glasgow. Uh, it was in Argyll Street. Yeah, Argyll Street. Um, Union Street. Station, yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, so yeah, um, yeah. We got kind of a lot of. There was a lot of noise about that, and yeah. you know, people are like, what the heck? why? You know, you know, it's not what brand. You know, kind of people go. You have to open your first door. Yeah. has to be Oxford Street on London. Uh, not for us. Well, it's interesting that um, Crossroads. It reminds me a little bit of you know. It's almost like. Shibuya in Tokyo or it's um yep. you know that it's just it's the Oxford Circus or you know it's it's you know and it's Glasgow so people might you know laugh down their no sleeves at it or whatever and yep. you know but it is that's a major junction and it was always sort of food corner so you always had I think Duncan was in before you like way back, yeah, way back. and then KFC's the other side yes, and then right. McDonald's and Pizza Hut which yeah, yeah looks it needs a bit of a refurb that one yeah um but there was a legendary Tower Records used to be next to it. Okay, yeah. And there was a lot of kind of like live music happened. So they yeah. opened the windows on the first floor and like, I don't know, I mean, Bon Jovi played or whoever it was, I don't know. But that was kind of a big deal, yeah. you know, being there. But in terms of footfall, attention, where everyone's heading, I mean, yeah. geez, it couldn't be no, couldn't be much bigger than that. No, I mean, you know, and kind of like it was it was nuts. I mean, like, I mean, one of the things that we've, we've built over the kind of last few years, there's always queues. Yeah. Right. We don't, we, you know, we, we're um, gobsmacked sometimes at, you know, the length of these queues. I mean, yeah. we opened in, um, we opened in Belfast, uh, in May, uh, 2018. I mean, I'd never seen a queue like it in my life. Yeah. Like it was like an Apple store was opening. Do you know what I mean? It was like, it was, it was something that you it was like, a, it was like, yeah, it was like a celebrity <laughs> was kind of waiting at the end of the queue and, um, you know, and yeah, everyone yeah. was going to get a signature and a kind of photo and, you know. Um, you but know, we had two, how did you generate that though? Uh, well, we worked really hard on social media yeah. um, as a presence, um, and um, 
you know, because I, I feel that social media is a kind of, it's a bit of a leveler for brands, actually. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, you know, we, we can't afford TV advertising. We can't afford radio advertising. Yeah. You know, we, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit beyond our kind of reach mm. in terms of where we sit right now. Whereas kind of feel like everybody can kind of participate broadly on the kind of, on a similar level in the world yeah. of social. And that's where all the customers are anyway. Yeah. Right. So we worked incredibly hard on social media um, in terms of communicating yeah. and broadcasting, advertising. A lot of paid as well? A bit of paid, a yeah. Paid? A bit of yeah. paid, yeah. Um, I mean, our kind of organic reach is um, pretty phenomenal. Um, and, um, you know, we found that, you know, there's certain tweets and, and, you know, working, obviously some of the guidance that you and Alison actually gave us, you know, we had some mm. time together and, you know, thinking about, well, how do we how do we kind of get better at this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, uh, you know, we kind of just learned how to kind of be better um and um and then it just kind of it just snowballs in the end and you know and we're generous as well so you know what i'd say is you know we do give products away right we give products away and for for a lot of people that's kind of very attractive proposition you know people still like free stuff right Um, and um uh you know and for us you know particularly when people don't necessarily know who you are yeah you know understanding what you do and getting them across those barriers, yeah. you know, those early barriers of, you know, well, try this. Have you tried a French vanilla? Have you tried a brewed coffee? Yeah. You know, have a Timbit, you know. Yeah. It kind of, you know, it it really kind of opened. And they go, wow, this is amazing, right? And, yeah. then, they're, and then they, you know, a Love few it. times, two, three times, it's a habit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think one of the big things is, though, you've got to have a good product to do yeah. that, you know. And there's a lot of brands, you know, kind of worked with in the past and, they're doing those types of things, but you just know the product isn't there. So you're sort of shining a light on something that isn't that exciting. So you're kind of wasting your time, aren't you? But having that great product at the back of it, it's just like so simple. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because, you know, we, we products that were pretty good value for money as well. Mm. I mean, you know, people kind of go, okay, well, they try it. And they say, look at the price. They go, oh, right. Okay. I can go and get a, I mean, we can go get a cup of coffee for, you know, it's a small cup of 159. Yeah. Anywhere. You yeah, know, yeah, we're not yeah, that yeah. some. Birmingham High Street, or whether or not you're in Air, or whether or not you're yeah, in yeah. Belfast, you know, you're going to struggle. And for a lot of customers, yeah, yeah. you know, for a lot of customers, I think sometimes we kind of, you know, the, I think the market has shifted over the last kind of ten years to sort of be very focused on the premiumization of product. Mm. And unfortunately, what comes with the premiumization of product for consumers is the expense of the product, yeah. right? And so, yeah, it might be you know the most fantastic, y- unique. Uh, rarest coffee beans or right and, and, and that may well be the case right <laughs> yeah. may well be the case but you know there's still an enormous community of people um across the uk yeah. that um that actually there's an affordability challenge yeah um they want they want to be participating in the category and they enjoy participating yeah. in the category as much as anybody else yeah. and i feel like a brand like tim hortons is kind of made for them really yeah well, what was interesting about that was i think just when you were taking the job actually i'd been in scotland visiting my mates and stuff and I'm sure we were in a coffee shop I think we were in Costa in the in the station in Glasgow Central Station you know and we used to go there years ago before uni we, you know and all the rest of it and have a, have a breakfast and all that but was with them and, and I think I asked for London language you know I'd said I'll have a grandy whatever or a medium yeah. medium whatever it is so anyway blah 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 and then he's like what have you just asked for? And then see, so just went, I'll have a white coffee, please. And it hit home then, and it was just like, there's millions of people that are not in this bubble huh. where they know all the language, they do have the fancy thing. They, they just want a white coffee yeah. or a black coffee or a I cappuccino agree. or whatever. The, you know. um, I think the, the McDonald's work on that. Oh, that's amazing. Right. Uh, it was probably about this time last year that kind of kicked out. I mean, they've been yeah, doing it for a while, yeah. but, but you know, that's, I mean, that, is that's right on the money, <laughs> yes. right? They kind of know yeah. that the, what that's the inside. It's all bullshit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write. It's all rubbish, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You know. Let me, let me, let me tell you. It's just, it's yeah. just a white coffee. Just give me a coffee, would you? Yeah, it's a good coffee. <laughs> yeah, just need a kick in the, <laughs> a kick in the arm. And then I think, um, you know, just sort of looking at the the Tim Horton stuff, you know, you can see, you know, the brand's very strong and all the rest of it. So, what's uh, next for it? You know, what's what's going to happen yeah. with it now? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, in terms of uh, in terms of the business itself, I mean, um, you know, we're um, we're working really hard to try and develop uh, into more locations. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we you know we're working really hard to kind of find great new spaces to take the brand. Mm. Um, we've got fantastic demand for it, which is great. And when you've got a brand that's in demand, um, you know that that helps a lot. Yeah. Um, so you know we're intentionally you know, we we kind of come here to to be a leader in the marketplace. Yeah. So we're not we're not come here to kind of run twenty five restaurants. You know we've come to to be a presence. Have you got numbers um, in your head? Uh, I kind of like 
I don't know whether or not it's numbers as such. I mean, I kind of like have a vision in my head. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I want I want the brand to be available to customers across the country, mm-hmm. and um, and therefore, you know, the numbers bit kind of has to catch that vision. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, we're working hard on that. And mm-hmm. then we've been working. You know, we work really hard all the time on menu innovation and channeling. You know, so we just launched. Um, a massive new kind of um, uh, sort of a bit of a vegan platform, a bit of a bit better vegetarian platform. We look yeah. fanta- I mean, great. I mean, like literally the best plant-based products um, uh, in the market. We're working with moving mountains. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, you know, that, and that's, and that's great for us. And again, that's kind of like just answering, you know, we've got some of our sites are in very highly populated student locations. Yeah. And so again, you know, we're looking at kind of that younger audience demographic, their eating out behaviors, what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so we're trying to really tap into that. Um, so, you know, whether or not it's breakfast or it's lunchtime or it's a snack or a fantastic donut that we make yeah. in our, in our, in inside a restaurant, you know, we, we're trying to cover all those bases and yeah. we're trying to do, make sure every product's great. I was walking around Soho last night, went to, I treated myself last night, I had a wee night off, which yeah. is rare. And I went to see Uncut Gems, the new Adam Sandler thing. Got to see it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, just incredible. incredible. Like everyone gasped at the end. Like it was just such a. <gasps> so yeah, incredible. So walking around though, a board after a board, restaurant after restaurant, it was just all vegan and veggie. Yeah. And far from being against it, you know, I live in Brighton for goodness sake and all the rest <laughs> of it. But do you think we're all just kind of running towards that I, too hard? I, I, th- I think. I think the the there's a danger that people have kind of gone a bit too all in. So yeah. it's interesting, right? So right now in my restaurants, I am advertising plant-based, but I'm also advertising bacon rolls. Yeah. Right. And and so, and I think, because you've got to understand where your business is coming from, mm. right? And the volume and then the opportunity of the business. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, we sell quite a lot of bacon rolls, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and, uh, and you know, the consumer, the, the person who buys a bacon roll in the morning from us, you know, expects a certain quality and it, it's an important start to their day with a cup of coffee mm. and maybe they don't have it every day, but it's, maybe it's a treat, right? Yeah, yeah. But it has to be good. So I think there's a real, there is a bit of a danger that we kind of, we kind of forget about our core base, mm-hmm. um, in the industry and, um, but that said, I think you have to evolve and you have to change and the menu has to develop and, um, and, you know, and, and you know, for me, I think, flexitarianism is probably the biggest trend to yeah. get hold of you know i think veganism is is is, is the kind of sort of poster child for that yeah. and i think you know and i think it's driving huge levels of awareness but mm-hmm. the, still the, the base of people that actually are vegan is, is a very low base yeah um and um and therefore i think we have to seek to satisfy that demand but I think the flexitarianism thing is probably the biggest thing. I think people are going to, yeah. you know, the guys and girls that kind of regularly buying bacon sandwiches that in, today, they're probably going to still buy bacon sandwiches in the future, but they might just balance it off and they might just have a plant-based yeah. sandwich or they might have a, you know, and, and it just, I think it's a just going to mix, right? Whatever. It's just yeah, going to yeah. mix. And, you know, people like Greg's are, are probably doing that, really yeah. well on yeah, this yeah. at the moment. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's phenomenal PR. Yeah. Um, so, oh. so, yeah, I mean, I think I would say, it's important. You're going to follow the trend. Mm. I just think just my my viewpoint is that just be careful that you don't forget your core. Yeah. Well, I, I think the one, you know, shout to Libby on that one, I think four had it very well nailed last night, which was basically four everyone kind yeah. of thing. So it listed the yes. three, th- you know, it's kind of like vegan got you covered, veggie got you covered. Yeah. You know, anything else got you covered, you know, meat or whatever. And I just, that one, I was like, yeah, nice one, Libby. But the other one, I just felt there's a lot of people just like cashing in on it or capitalising on it and they don't mean it, man. Yeah, I, I agree. You know? I think I agree with that. I think also there's a danger, and I've tried a lot of products recently. I think there's a lot of bad products. For sure. Well, right. And I, and I think yeah, that's yeah. the real, and people are being, because customers are being charged premium prices for these products and um, 15 pounds for a cauliflower right, steak absolutely so so, on, so i think that there's a real again to your point i think there's a real danger that that has a real negative impact on your brand so yeah yeah get on board it's important trend there are lots of customers that that's going to answer mm. in a you know, particular need state for and get on board but don't sacrifice the you know, core principles of making sure your products are great yeah like, don't do it. Don't serve it. No, no, no. You know, it's it's. There's a lot of it. people just lost and yeah. rushing into it. It's yeah. almost like when social media started, you know, there was just yeah. a lot of people unsure what they were doing and, you know, but it, it kind of feels like that. And then there's a couple of go-tos. I did, did a great podcast uh, a few weeks back with Biff's uh, Kitchen mm-hmm. and they seem to have it really well nailed on the jackfruit front, yeah. which is quite interesting. I'm really excited, though, to try the watermelon tuna. Uh, yeah. at, um, or watermelon based tuna at um, 
a tuna and inverted commas at Wags. You know, yeah. I always think they don't cut corners. You no, know, like it's always I mean, really good. I mean, it's it? incredible. Yeah. It's one of my favourites. Yeah, absolutely. From Supersonic Inc. This is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is brought to you by the good folk at BDO. BDO have been long-term supporters of the hospitality sector and they are really passionate about supporting innovative entrepreneurs on their journeys and they also want to give you the right advice and support to grow your business. Just in case you don't know, BDO provides tailored advice to the sector across corporate finance, due diligence, tax and all accounting matters. BDO work tirelessly to give their clients the advice that they need when they need it to succeed. For more information on BDO and how they can take your business to the top, go to bdo.co.uk. Hashtag ad. So, I was thinking then if we go back, usually yeah. when I'm talking to a guest, we, we go back first the and then we go, yeah. Right. But I think Tim Hortons was so exciting, I just yeah. really wanted to dive in and, and talk about it. Um, I'm glad you're representing Scotland as well so very good I'm very <laughs> pleased about that um, so yeah going back then when you were a wee boy yeah um, where did you start in either hospitality or marketing yeah no sure I mean I, I kind of um, I kind of you know, to a certain extent fell into kind of hospitality uh, in, in a way it was sort of um, uh, and it was an operate it was operations so it was kind was of the dark yeah, side yeah no no yeah so Oof. I was um, I mean you know it was a kind of it was a Saturday job Right, so uh, you know, I um I used to work in a local hotel near my home, uh-huh. and um, where was home? Uh, I, I grew up in Luton. Oh right, uh, yeah. oh right, of yeah, course. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. um yeah, kind of Luton town. Yeah, we had many glory days and many sad days, but yeah. you know, it's um it's coming you know, back. It's is always it? eventual. Is you know, it's I eventful. Know. I mean, so um um yeah, we're not very good at the moment, but you yeah, could probably yeah. buy them, couldn't you? <sighs> No, 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 no. I, 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 I'm not sure it ever. Tim Hortons yeah. sponsorship. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Let's do that. Yeah, so I, I grew up in. It was a local hotel. Um, so I used to kind of work on like Saturdays and Sundays mm. in the restaurant. You know, and I was like. Actually, one of my one of the first early days I remember was I was kind of like the tea and toast boy. So oh, like you know, it was kind of like, yeah. I don't know if you were sort of. Tw- this is going back now. What? Okay. Uh, it's nearly 24 years, maybe 24 years ago. Going to what breakfast. Was you like 60, 18, 16? I was like 16, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, um, yeah, 25 years ago. Yeah, 25. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, it was very formal. You used to go to hotel, re- you know, people who went to the hotel went to breakfast. It was very formal, yes. right? Everything was kind of, ta- even Luton, it was tablecloth. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> so, um, you know, and, um, you know, and the people had jobs, right? Everyone had a job. So, yeah, you know, yeah. there was someone who took orders. There was somebody who did tea and coffee. Yeah. There was somebody who looked after the toast, right? And then there was somebody who kind of brought the breakfast out and kind of did the chatting and the seating, <laughs> right? So we were very, like... Not like fl- services today when yeah, you go to yeah. restaurants where everybody can kind of do everything and it's kind of very flexible and it's yeah. kind of, you know, it was very formal, right? And um, well, you all shut and tied up. Yeah, and all I remember a shirt, tie, waistcoat. I think if you worked the door, you had to wear a jacket. Okay. It was kind of like, you know. Um, must have been a bouncer on the door in Luton, no? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I definitely went to a few of those. But, um, but yeah, so I kind of fell into this kind of hospitality thing and I kind of, you know, I went to college and, you know, I worked part time, and it kind of, you know, paid away. And before and that, though, what makes perfect toast? What makes perfect toast? So I personally think, I personally think, it has to be double cooked. Double cooked. Yeah. So I. This is. It's like tea, isn't it? Like you make the tea the uh-huh. way you you really want it. Maybe you have little rituals. Yeah, yeah. I have a particular ritual on toast, which is that it it has to be cooked, cooled, and then heated again, very briefly. That's interesting. Try it. Is it? Give it a Life go. Life-changing, isn't Give it? Give it a go. That is interesting. That's a Toast is one. so good, isn't it? It's, <laughs> is it underrated? I don't know. But, you know, it's kind of, I like white, how I cook it, marmalade. Perfect. But, butter, of course. Butter, not margarine. Yeah. Um, but, um, is marmalade the Luton Town thing again? It's just um, got to be orange. Yeah, it's got to be orange, yeah. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, so I kind of, that's how I kind of, got into my first job in hospitality and then i kind of i kind of fell in love with it you know working in a hotel it's really exciting right and i remember being 16 going to work in a hotel and there was all sorts of stuff going on right you know you know 
uh, you know, life in a hotel, right? right. You know, and, and you know, since then, well, you mean the guests or the yeah, staff? Yeah, the guests and the staff. And the, you know, the employ from an employee perspective, it was so exciting. You know, people working in like the you know the restaurant, the kitchen, the chefs, like the um, you know people who worked in laundry, people who like. I just found that whole yes, little like world like, like it's just really exciting. Yeah, yeah. And and I was kind of like, wow, okay, I, like this is kind of what I want to do. That's, and like, I want to work in hotels. This is exciting. Right? And I'd kind of probably been influenced by kind of people around me at the time. I worked with some nice people. And mm. um, so um, eventually I kind of, I kind of worked as a, a, a kind of graduate sort of hotel um, kind of hotel manager, really like a designate hotel manager. And I used to go round. I worked for, it was um, Granada. It was Trust House Forte. It was oh, yeah, those group, yeah, yeah. right? And so I used to go around to different hotels and I'd spend kind of three months or three days or however long it was just to kind of, to work. And so I worked in some funny place. I worked in Blackpool for a while. You know, the, there's a big hotel called the Grand in Blackpool. Yes. They always do the, uh, like the conservative party conferences yeah, and that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So I ended up working up there. And, um, you know, on, on, I remember this is so funny, Conservative Party Conference Week. And I was doing some weird job. Like, I worked on the champagne bar for the, oh, right. right? So we had, like, Lord Archer coming up for, like, you oh, know, yeah. champagne. And, you know, and it was, um, it was the, it was um, William Hague, uh, just, oh, right, he was the right, rising right. star in the Conservatives. And, you know, I did private dinner functions. And that was, but anyway, I really kind of, I wasn't particularly, I wasn't a, a voter at that no, point. But, really but it was kind of, yeah. it, but it was exciting. And like, yeah. and, and so that whole, that world is excited. So I worked for about two, three years, about three years in that industry. And then I kind of find the last year, I kind of get really frustrated. I was like going, that's not right. We need to change this. That's not right. I need to change this. And, um, and I, and just kind of remember like talking to people like my, my superior uh, in the, in that business at the time. Yeah. They're kind of like, you know, we can't do that, you know, because, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a head office, right? There's a head office and they decide, right? And, you know, and we, we just do what they tell us to do. Right. That was the kind of, right? That's a, and to a certain extent, I think that's still yeah, true. That's the way, yeah, still yeah. true today, right? And um, maybe it's a little bit more open. Maybe it's a little bit more accessibility. Um, the head office don't know really, do they? They don't know nothing. No, no they don't know nothing. So, um, so I'm, kind of, I'm not gonna, I'm not having this, you know. And and so, so then I spoke to my friend and like, you know, some people, some people have come back from university and I go, you know, maybe maybe you made the wrong choice. Maybe you should have been, you know, in marketing or something where you can make yeah, decisions yeah. and make choices and you know. So I did go back. I went back to night school and then I kind of I, I went through the kind of um, the kind of CIM route uh -huh. and um, and that was tough. Yeah. Like you know, I was kind of because I worked in hospitality, which is night business, right? Mm -hmm. So then. Basically, I had two nights off a week, and I went to night school. <laughs> so, and then I would like study in the day. Where did you go? Was it? Uh, it was in Luton. Yeah, it was, was in Luton, yeah, yeah, Luton originally, and then um, and then eventually, um, eventually, I kind of met some people. I was I moved jobs. I was working in Beefeater, mm -hmm. uh, by the Whitbread Group, and um, and uh, you know, and I, I kind of was there for a little while, but I kind of I knew Whitbread were kind of big employer of hospitality brands, and and yeah. and so. I was working in a restaurant that was kind of highly visible mm. and people would come in from the head office and the MD would come in quite regularly. And we kind of oh, had this cool. like this chat and, you know, I remember talking to one of the marketing managers, a lady called Joanne, um, Joanne Blake. And, um, and, you know, and she was like, you know, I, I think it'd be, we could really, you know, we could find something for you and get involved. And, and eventually it was kind of a bit up and down and, but eventually mm. I got a job and I got a job as a, I was a marketing assistant at Beefeater. And, um, and that was like, a that was the kind of, you know, I'd kind of like felt like, Right, that's great. Now I'm kind of getting involved yeah. in what I want to do, but of course I was I was doing things like looking after the menu listings and looking mm. after the this. Do you remember people? You know, when restaurants used to produce store guides, so they used to produce pamphlets to tell you where all the other restaurant brand where they were present across the UK. It was before oh, yeah, before yeah, Google yeah, search, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you get your so, little so so yeah. So I used try to, our other flavors, yeah, kind so, of thing. Yeah. Exactly. So no, this one was like all of the listings of all of the restaurants. Uh -huh. So you know, I think that was like one of my first jobs. I had four hundred restaurants, and I needed to make sure that every single restaurant listing was accurate and mm. correct. All the facilities in alphabetical and, order. Maybe. Oh man, wow. what a job! What a job! But um. But I quickly moved through the kind of, I guess, the ranks at Whitbread and mm. um, worked. And we're thankful for the internet happening. Yes, so you didn't that, have to that do that anymore. Kind of disappeared a little bit. <laughs> Thanks, um, Google. And um, yeah, so I just moved through the ranks. Worked in, as a brand manager for a different brand. Did some de brand development work, which mm. was really interesting. So we had some challenges about, you know, biggest biggest state that was underperforming and. Uh, how do you work out? Still at Beefita or yeah, other brands? Yeah, it was yeah, Beefita. Yeah. Worked at Bruce Fair for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and um you know how do you create brands so you know worked with some really talented people mm. um and um yeah i was fortunate took took opportunities and eventually eventually moved into uh cost coffee so um and that was 2005 mm -hmm. and um yeah and costa was um pretty humble really at that point i guess kind of you know it was kind of it's about 300 coffee shops and okay. some uh, some wholesale a, a few quite a few wholesale accounts mm -hmm. um but it was kind of it was definitely the third rated third place brand in the uk when it came to kind of out of home coffee what so would top two be starbucks, starbucks Nero? Nero. yeah yeah and uh, li literally on every measure wouldn't matter what we measured yeah, yeah, yeah. costa was third and um uh yeah and then i spent 11 years or so with costa kind of helping it get to number one nice yeah what fascinated me about you know costa and you know we did a bit of work together which was fun as well and all that but was you talking about that seven out of ten? Was it seven? Yeah, seven out of ten. Yeah. I always think about you and Jimmy Carl's one, yeah. but I say eight out of ten. But yeah, so seven out of ten people prefer Costa. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that was a was that a, felt like a landmark moment, moment. didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were, and uh, I always say, my mate did that. Yeah, you know, as a belt. What what happened with that? Yeah, I mean, it was. Um, I mean, I you know, I can't take all the credit for that at all. I mean, we'll, you should. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, you can now. Oh, I'll probably, I'll name check a few people. We'll get a few you know. complaints. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, definitely, I mean, I was the head of marketing um, for Costa at that point. Mm. And um, I was working for Jim, who was the, Jim Slater, who was the marketing director. Okay. And we had a, a really good team going. We had, uh, there was a lady called Caroline Harrison. No, Car no Caroline. Caroline was sort of heading sure. up all of our insights. And, okay. you know, we were kind of plowing for, we were plowing for, data we're very it was a very data driven mm. company and you know we're very interested in kind of customer behavior customer insights yeah. and you know we'd, we'd worked the previous few years to try and obviously to improve the quality of our product the consistency of our product um and the, the business was growing mm -hmm. um but it wasn't uh, i wouldn't have said it was it wasn't rocketing right it was yeah. it was it was doing it was doing decent numbers and um uh, and, and we genuinely um genuinely went into a kind of real detail of understanding well, how does our product compare right mm -hmm. because i think you know when people are judging in a in a in a marketplace which there's a lot of parity yeah right and and certainly what the the marketplace here in the uk at that point there was like 500 starbucks and you know 300 nero and three three four hundred costas mm -hmm. and you know but but actually the kind of, kind of if you ask a customer what's the difference at that well it kind of it's kind of serving the similar product it's yeah. kind of in a similar environment yeah kind of it might be blue or green or white or red or right but mm -hmm. you know there wasn't kind of huge levels of attachment and um and we felt that the kind of need there should be and like uh, you know how could we find a way of doing that and yep. um so we we genuinely went into a process where we did a some some uh, some customer research where we did blind tasted it was a pepsi challenge right that's what I was thinking yeah. right and 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 so we did blind taste tests well you can send it wouldn't come off. Uh, we won't. Um, yeah, of course, but we didn't go into it with a plan to have an advertising campaign. Right. It was just let's see. It it was kind of let's see. Where are we? Yeah. Right. Why? Why? How do people rate? How do Starbucks drinkers rate their product? And how do Costa yeah. rate their product? And how do Nero? And how do you know? How do they rate our product when they taste it? Yeah. When you take the sleeves off? When you make it a unbranded cup? When mm. you make it a you know how how do you really judge it then? What do you like? Yeah. Right. And. And what, well, what's interesting though is just if you if it did go wrong, yes, then you could have went down the Carlsberg route. Yeah, I mean you could have, you could have done that. I mean it certainly would have guided us new towards, and improved, new and improved, or yeah, it would have guided yeah, yeah. us towards new definite Coke. products in present. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean it, it it definitely was. I mean it was a kind yeah. of you know I remember at the time it was a, it was a it was a big big study. I mean yeah. we did it in a number of locations across the UK and yeah. um, you know worked with a fantastic research agency. I think you said it was mainly family members, wasn't it? That were, that were testing? No. Uh, <laughs> no, I know that's no. not true. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe one or two. Uh, yeah, we'll see, yeah. Thanks, um, Grant. Yeah, um, yeah, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, but the... Um, yeah, so we just kind of did that. And, and, what, and what was the products you tested then? Um, we was, did, it, was it only it was, one drink? Uh, or? We did, I think we did cappuccino. Uh -huh. We did latte. I mean, at that point, you know, cappuccino was kind of pretty much a big... Latte was rising. Cappuccino was the big... Yeah. Well, people forget one. that now, right? I kind of... I it's like, like a cappuccino. It's like, feels I love a cappuccino. Yeah, but I feel retro. quite I feel like quite old-fashioned in a queue asking yeah. for one now, right? Because everyone's into the, you know, flat whites, which, you know, we did. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. we did first and all that sort of stuff from in, from a brand perspective. But, mm. um, but yeah, we, we, it was interesting. With cappuccino, was the big one and then we kind of did this and we got, I remember sitting in the research debrief and it came back 
And then kind of Caroline kind of like going, well, that's kind of like, that's like seven out of 10, right? Just the way it all right? And then down. And then we went, right, okay. And I remember literally we were on a mission then. So I remember like, you know, we packed up our suitcases. We were yeah. off working with an advertising agency, worked with Kamarama. Yeah, uh, so with, wonderful, uh, yeah. Wonderful agency, worked with um, Sid and Ben and Dave. Um, we met there. you over there a couple of times yeah, actually yeah, as well. Yeah, they, yeah, they, were, they were impressive. Yeah, really. Fantastic. And their office has a disco tunnel. They, they do have a disco tunnel. I haven't been in there for a while. I haven't had a party in there for a while. Yeah, but, um, yeah. It's just it it's pretty, pretty impressive. But we we worked with those guys, and we're kind of like, look, right, this is. We, you knew that we had. This was a big moment, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 so you know, it was we were going to be challenging the marketplace. We're going to look, make people reassess, rethink. Mm. And we we're going to go out with some pretty bold advertising, almost kind of like um, propaganda posters. I mean, if you remember the advertising it itself, it was it, it was influenced by propaganda yeah. posters. I can still picture it in my mind on the little walkway at Euston Station, you go yep. down to platforms like 8, 9 and 10 yep. and 11 or whatever, you know, that little walkway down yep. at the side of W. Smith and all yeah. the coast there. Yeah. No, still no, it was, remember it. it was massive. And, yeah. and, 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 and I think two things kind of came from it in the end. I mean, one, we were kind of a bit cheeky in a way. We kind of, I mean, also we had to get it through kind of, I remember going through obviously kind of a lot of legal, you know, when you're going to comparative advertising, illegal. lots of legal. Yeah. And I hadn't really had an awful lot of experience of that before. So we, we were kind of very careful. And then, you know, even from a kind of an internal, um, sign off an approvals perspective you know yeah. Whitbread is a pretty conservative business yeah. it's not you know it, it it's not the boldest um in terms of or not had history of being mm. particularly bold in terms of direct comparative ad advertising um so i remember lots of discussions and debates and but eventually everything was approved we went out with it and it had a massive impact on our business yeah. um you know and it and it really had uh, you know in two twofold and i think this is the most important one um first one yes people did notice people did like oh okay that's interesting yeah. and then we had a massive response from a from a sales perspective that did happen the most important thing it did it made every single employee at costa puff their chest out yeah and that level of pride that actually an independent panel had voted yeah. that we were better than you know that took on such an enormous level of energy and yeah. you know and i think you you said you might be talking to susie later but i think susie was yes. there around that time as well, well was and, susie your hrd um, she was definitely in the HR team at that at that point. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, maybe ask her about that. But yeah. you know, you know, it's uh, you know that passion, enthusiasm, that level of thing, and and that wasn't about it was pride, and it wasn't um, what it wasn't was a level of arrogance. No, and, and, it was you know, just on the, so we managed yeah. we managed to kind of execute that really well, yeah. and and then that compounded into the kind of next two or three years of the journey at Costa because yes. you just kind of it's kind of things like snowballed positively. And, um, um, you know, we, we did bigger and better initiatives and made, you know, huge difference yeah. to not only the market, but to the kind of business and, uh, and to the people that were working there. Is that the thing you're most proud of? I'm really proud of it. As I'm, a I mean, tracker. I, yeah, I'm really proud of it. Um, you know, I, there, you know, there are other things, I guess, that, um, that we did and we, we worked really hard on product innovation. You know, we bought. But um, you were there at the time of the cup. The cups yeah. changing, I think. Well, I did the, I did the, the yeah, first, first cup ribbed. change. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oi, so, oi. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and even down to like things like, you know, like Christmas cups, right? So, yeah. Like I know it's a little thing, but um, not anymore. No. I, I mean, not anymore. No, I remember. I mean, Starbucks was the p team that were doing it first, right? Yeah. They were doing. They're bringing their red cups, bringing yeah, their red yeah. cups, and then we kind of went right. I we need to. Mm. I was a marketing director at that point, and we're like, we need to really step up our game on this, right? And how do we how do we get people talking about coffee and cups at Christmas time? And yeah. so we had like the Santa cups and the Rudolph cups, and we had people like you know pictures, and then we brought in lots of technologies and digital web apps, and people like yeah. taking photos, and you know this was going back now. Well, crikey. That is, that's ten years ago, ten. right? And and now it's kind of like just commonplace, right? And it, but we were the, we were there yeah. first, and you know we were really pushing the boundaries, and you know we were the first business to bring you know the you know the flat white revolution, right? Yeah, so, you know we were the first business to bring that to mass brand. So really push it, yeah. Because really I think Starbucks it. had it on the menu, but didn't do they were trialing it. it. They were trialing yeah. it. They were trialing it, and. Um, uh, they're kind of not really you pushing guys it. Really we got just went behind, we got behind yeah, it, and then yeah. you know, at that point, we were over a thousand restaurants. We were training a thousand, you know, yeah, a thousand yeah. teams to make flat white. And it doesn't matter what anyone says; yeah. it's not an easy thing to do, right? You know, if you, I don't know if you ever tried to make one, Mark, but you know, you very kindly got me Costa uh, training. Did, yeah, I did. I did. I remember. And that, yeah. I did it. Yeah, on the machines yeah. and went around the roastery, and yeah, no, it's not easy. No, it's not easy. And you know, people, I think there's kind of a, a skill that's. You know, it's learnt. It's yeah. a definitely a kind of practice makes perfect thing. And but I think if you know what your drink is as well, 
half the time you ask for a flat white, you're getting a latte. Yeah. You're probably getting a kind of cappuccino maybe yeah. for a latte. Yeah. So to have someone super well trained, you yeah. know their weight, you know, because when I did it in pre, you know, worked in a few of the shops and stuff, you had the little scales and you could weigh yes, yes. then to know how thick the milk was or whatever. So that helped for yeah. sure. But no, your training was amazing. Yeah. And there was also the the amazing vending machines. Yeah. So, so who designed uh, wow. those again? Well, um, so um, well, the business was uh, was an acquisition. Yeah. So Coffee Nation was the the, the business right. that was. A, Do you know what the Vans used to say? Uh, something about not we don't we do don't tea. do don't tea. Do tea. So that's Scott. I just yeah. thought that was the best. Yeah. Thing ever. So Scott Martin, who was the founder, yeah. and still he's the still there. Isn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great guy, and um, you know, incredible. You know, one inspiration to yeah. people, right? And um, uh, you know, so I remember he, just remember the superhero. Yeah. So 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 again. I was on the I was on the acquisitions team and um, I remember being kind of you know dragged into a room you know like when you got called into a room by your bosses and you always think oh, okay this isn't my, this yeah. this doesn't look good yeah, you yeah. know and uh, Mark Wingett, have I done something wrong? about this yeah yeah have I, what have I, I know I'm kind of thinking what have I done yeah. wrong right and um, did I shout at yesterday? yeah so um, anyway it was that kind of meeting and then you know it, it was it was all about kind of potential acquisition and right. um, so yeah I was on the acquisition team and then you know and I remember you know having to. Uh, you know, go through a process of, you know, basically what we were going to do was we we're going to acquire the business. It's a fantastic business, fantastic infrastructure. But what, the basic premise of the the idea was that we were going to take this, we were going to um, retail uh, Costa coffee beans, uh, coffee recipes, you know, get a latte and a cappuccino from this yeah. vending machine. And the simplest way that we were going to execute this was we were going to take in this kind of white and bluey purple thing, right. Costa Red. Right. And, um, and we were really clear about that it was a Costa product. Costa Express was the brand that we, we created. Um, arguably not the most inventive name, but it kind of does you know, the job. Does the job. And, um, yeah, and we, we turned it red. And I remember kind of like getting that all ready for kind of the press launch. And, you know, and it was, um, we turned it around pretty quickly and, yeah. uh, you know, worked very hard. And, um, uh, but yeah, I'm pretty, pretty proud about that. And, you know, but, I, you know, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my achievements definitely, whilst I'm obviously was there and part of that, I, I definitely see a lot of those times as being part of an amazing team. Yeah. And, you know, and there was kind of, there were things that we were doing the, with, whether or not it was with Costa Express or with the retail business, we had fantastic operating teams yeah. and, you know, and it, and it, and it at one moment it was literally it was just golden it kind of didn't matter what we were doing yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it was golden everything was kind of but not that you were right. blase about that no, 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 just no, no. looking back it's no like, just looking yeah, back yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, looking back and you know there wasn't uh you know we, we you know i remember used to talking at conferences about you know you know we cannot afford to be complacent you know mm. we cannot afford to you know we cannot afford to slip and um you know and that was really at the forefront of everybody's mind and mostly at the forefront of the marketing director's yeah. mind and um uh you know and and so yeah that it was a great journey and i met and worked with some amazing people and you know got made some great friends nice last couple of things then yeah. um we do a little thing called market of 10 okay. at the end yeah. of the podcast so just to find out a few things about your okay. loves and hates okay about food all right so, best city to eat in? Um, does it have to be one? Can I give you two? Well, give me two. Okay. Um, I think Lisbon is a pretty incredible city to eat in. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, love food there. Um, so, um, Lisbon. And, and I think from a diversity perspective, Singapore. Right. So, in terms of your, your ability to get kind of, you know, dishes from all over the Far East yeah, yeah, and it all kind of it comes into this melting pot yeah. and quality levels are really high there. Yeah, because Clark yeah. Key and all that's oh, amazing. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. amazing, love it. Like pepper crab and yeah. all that stuff. Oh, God. Yeah. And See, my I, mouth's watering now just thinking about that. <laughs> you watch the microphone. Um, and then you've got, um, so there's a, a programme on Netflix called Somebody Feed Phil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the Lisbon episode yeah. for that is yeah. stunning. I mean, it's like one of, the, honestly, I think it's one of my favourite cities and yeah. definitely up there. Definitely. Tim Hortons there soon? Uh, I'm not sure we would be right for it. But, <laughs> just you know, just, I don't just know. for you. Yeah, maybe An just excuse. for me. Yeah, nice place to go uh, and get a fresh vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> uh, best restaurant? Um, I'm still a big fan of Hakkasan. Good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you know, I think... Um, which which kinda, one? Um, just one down the road here. Uh, Mayfair, yeah. So, um, yep. yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, yeah a huge fan. They and, do it really well. well. They do it really well. And it's just, it's always great. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's what I think that's what makes a great restaurant is yeah. that it time after time they execute and, you know, do a great job and it's fantastic service. Yeah. And 
I honestly love the food. I think you just always feel excited when you're going down those stairs yeah. and you're just like, oh. Yeah, I remember the first time I was going, I remember the first time I was kind of like, oh, what's this? And it, yeah. you know, and you remember how like how dark it is, right? And it's like going into a Bond movie or something. Yeah, it's, like, it's kind of like, whoa, what's going on? And it's kind of like one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I've definitely surfaced up in the middle of the day in the summer a few times. And kind of been, <laughs> it should be dark, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm uh, really drunk. Yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah. Best dish? Um... I don't know. What's your go-to? Go-to. I think a safe bet is always uh, is always bangers and mash, right? <laughs> okay. like, I, so, so I'm a big fan of pubs. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, so um, a safe bet, but, you know, I guess, you know, I always love, I'd always look out, you know, in, in the right restaurant, I'd pat, a good pad thai would probably be like. Very good. Probably my preferred choice. I've got two tips in Brighton yeah. for you. Yeah, then, if you're, So there's one, uh, there's one called Weld Floor, yeah. who do a bangers and Beaujolais oh, nice. on a Monday. And it's, you know, like a bit of a yeah. sausage one with the, yeah. the mash and some kale and gravy and, and, you know, you can have your glass or bottle of Bojo. Lovely. Um, and there's a place called Unitai in Hove. Yeah. Sorry, Wild Floors in Hove as well. But Unitai, and it's basically a Thai supermarket with some tables at the back. Oh, amazing. So everyone's kind of shopping as you're having your thing. Amazing. And I think it's like 11 quid for yeah. Pad Thai and Morning Glory. Yeah. And you go to the offie next door and get your beer and bring it in. That's great. Stunning. I'll give it a go. So yeah, yeah. No, you need to come down. Um, best drink. What's the go-to? Uh, go to. Uh, it's I. It's just occasion-based, isn't it? Yeah. The best drink. So I don't know. Like, I I'm love thinking it. about your Instagram. Have I yeah. seen you with a Negroni or something? Lately? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I will drink Negroni. I mean, gin and tonic. I, yeah. You know, I love gin and tonic. I, I'd quite like a whiskey, but it's kind of like you know, Whis whiskey, Scottish whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I, I think the Japanese are doing Japanese a good job. Japanese are doing a good right? job. Yeah, so yeah, um, the Yamazaki is good. And, Very um, good. Um, yeah, I really like that. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. But then sometimes you can't be a good cold beer, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of depends. I'm a bit over the craft beer thing. Yeah. Too yeah. much. Too yeah. much. Yeah. I, I think I'm just looking for a Heineken these yeah. days, which I must be getting old or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm fortunate with the, I guess with the craft, it was like anything, right? It's a bit like the gin world now, right? The craft yeah. gin. It's, it's all a bit of a gamble, right? Like, you know, and I think that yeah. Can you really taste the difference with gin? I don't know. Wow, you know, I you should know. do the. Um, have you done the uh, the gin tasting down in the Portobello Road? Um, no. Right, you should go and do that. Is that the a guys good one? down there run a fantastic afternoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, one of the exercises they do is they do kind of like blind tasting of gins. Okay. So so you yeah, kind of go in with you more. go in with a kind of view of what's your favourite gin, yeah. and then like that will probably be amongst the set. Yeah. And then yeah. you try them to kind of understand the different botanics and you know the different notes of a product that you actually like. And I remember doing it, and I used to drink. Literally bottles and bottles of Bombay Sapphire, right? Is yeah, and yeah. Um, I, I and quite citrusy, is it? Uh, it is, what, yeah. yeah. Um, and and I remember tasting it blind, and I couldn't believe, like I didn't, like it was my, it was funny. I did five different gin oh. tonics, and it was the least favourite one. And what you was think, your most favourite? Um, I think it was a, uh, it was a Tanqueray. Tanqueray ten, dry, yeah, yeah. Was it ten? It was know? the ten. I, yeah. It's the classic. Yeah, but. Yeah. I, I kind of it looks like rum's the thing that's coming, right? That's so the, they say. Yeah. Well, interestingly, perception is that it's way behind. I think I saw Peter Martin putting up some figures from yeah. CGA a wee while ago, and it's actually surprisingly close. Yeah. Like gin's the yeah. poster child, yeah, but rum's yeah, actually yeah. not that far behind yeah, when you look okay. at it. You yeah. know, so pretty cool. And then last one is worst restaurant or worst experience. What, what, what would you avoid? Or when was the last time you had a duffer and walked out? I I mean, it happens a lot, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. unfortunately, I mean, when did I last walk out? It's probably in, in an independent. Yeah. And I won't name them because it's, you know, I don't even know. <laughs> we'll if put it in a podcast. Don't even, I don't know if they're still going. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it, you know, it was a restaurant experience. It wasn't very good. And, um, you know, you know, and, and it, it was probably epitomized by the fact that the owner wanted to argue that it was good. Mm. And, like, you know, there's only one way you're going to go in that. And, um, Unfortunately, well, so. I was I was watching uh, Count Celebrity Countdown or Eight or Ten Cats Countdown the other night, and Adam Buxton was on it, yeah. and he was showing restaurant reviews, and it was about an Indian restaurant, yeah, and he was going, uh, you know, had a terrible meal at this Indian restaurant, so the owner comes on, he's like, well, you know. Um, your wife's ugly and you know all this kind of stuff and it was just like whoa, whoa. <laughs> so if, I think it was a Christmas episode so if you catch, catch, catch the clip it. of that it's dead funny and yeah. he did quite a few of those you yeah. know so it was like whoa yeah. I mean like uh, from an industry perspective everybody 
gets it wrong at some point, mm. right? And I like it, you know, you know, and the the higher frequency of customers you have, you know, the, you know, the, the higher volume of likelihood yeah. you're going to get complaints and problems and challenges. And yeah. we're so reliant. We're reliant on a person yeah. or a team of people to deliver excellence all the time. Yeah. And, you know, the reality is that people make mistakes and they slip and, or, you know, there's a circumstance that drives yeah. towards those kind of issues. So I've kind of always been pretty forgiving of it in yeah, a way like yeah. you know i'm trying to like to give people the chance and the benefit of the doubt but you know it's um but i think it's also really important that you know people in the industry act as leaders as well and you know and and, and try and get to the root cause or help people get to the root cause and you know sometimes i've been in a restaurant so i'm kind of like you know i've sat down with the owner for an hour after my dinner and just talked about what was great and what wasn't so great and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and you know and and the good ones are the people that kind of will kind of listen and kind of take on the customer feedback mm. and you know and, and try free advice well you know I, you know i've no other interest than you know i want people to be successful yeah, yeah. i want people to be successful yeah. right you know it's um you know so if you can do that then and you can help people then that's what we should do cool okay mister i better let you go and get on with your life thank you the last thing just before you go was just any tips for anyone wanting to get into marketing where do they start i think that's a good one for me yeah it's you know, I think if you want to get into marketing and, um, you know, you want to be successful, I think be, just be very open to yeah. opportunities. You know, I, you know, I remember there's certain tasks that you'll end up doing that you just think, Christ, why am I doing what this? Doing? Right. Yeah, and, yeah. um, but actually it all kind of, it can all build towards the greater goal. But mm. what I would say is just, you have to be the biggest advocate of the customer yeah. within your organization and, uh, and therefore, you know, live, breathe, be in your business as often as you possibly can. Yeah. Watch, learn, observe, you know, talk and communicate with the teams, with the customers. And, you know, I, I believe that, you know, the, the kind of best marketers are the kind of ones that are able to kind of take in all those inputs yeah. and kind of digest it and then kind of feed that back out. And uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's maybe easier said than done, but, yeah. you know, I, you know, I think the, the very best people in the industry are the kind of ones that are, constantly looking and yeah. constantly listening great great advice right i'll let you get on with your day oh, thank you so good to see you and you and we've popped our cherry in these studios yeah. so excellent i'd like to be the first That's there great. you go and uh, yeah i'll catch up with you soon Thanks, wish Mark. you well and you buddy cheers, cheers man. so there you have it amazing stuff from kevin hyde's really could have spoke to him about brand and marketing and running teams and all different things and when we were outside taking photos, I remembered all the questions that I didn't ask him about delivery and all of these new things that are impacting the restaurant world. But I'm sure we'll get him on again and we'll talk about his next challenges and his next successes. A huge thanks to BDO for sponsoring the podcast and continuing to be an amazing partner. Thanks to them. Do give them a call if you need anything sorting in terms of your accounting needs, finances, mergers and acquisitions and all that amazing stuff as you grow your business. Huge thanks to you for listening as well. It's been an amazing journey. I think it's almost 40 episodes now, so really exciting and it keeps going. More great guests on the way, so keep sharing, keep reviewing, keep telling a friend. Really, really appreciate it and the listener figures are just getting better and better each week, so thank you so much. Massive thanks to Gaz and Gabby for all of their help in putting the podcast together. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that this episode has brought you some great value that will really help your brand boom. Mm -hmm.